Hey, welcome to the After Now podcast with Tim and George. Give us a listen. What do you have to lose? Because let's be honest, you've wasted time on sketchier stuff than this before. Hey, Tim. Hey, George. Why'd the chicken cross the road? Um, I have no idea. Why did the chicken cross the road? To get to the other side. No. No one's quite sure. But one day the road will have its vengeance. Oh, God. Hey, Tim. Hey, George. Why'd the cow cross the road? The... Eat, eat some chicken. To get to the utter side. To get to the utter side. I was trying to keep the chicken theme going. I got a, I got a dirty chicken joke, but I, I'll I say, say do it. I'll, I'll I say, say do it. it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Um, hey, Tim. Hey, George. So I went to a costume party dressed as a chicken. And I met this girl who was dressed as an egg. And well, we hit it off for a while. You know, one thing led to another. And the age old question was answered. (laughs) And I can definitively say it was the chicken. Definitely the chicken. It's the best joke. (laughs) Out of all the jokes, that's the best joke. (laughs) <laughs> we should just do an entire episode on chicken jokes chicken yeah i gotta love chicken jokes hey hey tim hey george why did the male chicken go to kfc why did the male chicken go to kfc to see chicken strips uh <laughs> And like that, we're back to anyway, the Anyway, yeah, now yeah, we're back. <laughs> there we go. hey All right, so today's episode, um, I have, just through some research, we have found that uh, what a lot of people find interesting are true crime stories. <clears throat> My fiancé, Kian, will not stop listening to true crime stories it is yeah yeah neither will my oh yeah my 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 wife too it makes me really nervous (laughs) i was like are you trying to figure out more efficient ways of getting rid of my body what's going on here yeah and not get caught Mm -hmm. what not right man (laughs) so makes me nervous but, but in in that respect um we were talking about so what would be a a cool not cool but an interesting because that's one weird thing about true crime, right? It, it's a horrible day for the victims. And sometimes it gets lost in the stories. Absolutely. Because it becomes a story rather than, you know, life-changing events. And so uh, we're going to do our true crime uh, episode is going to be on, on a 
on something that really shook the Midwest. And that's the Brown's Chicken Massacre. Um, this, uh, this happened back in 1993. And just for those of you not from the Chicago area, Brown's Chicken was huge. Mm -hmm. It was, it was a, a part of the fabric of Chicago and the suburbs. Uh, they had like a hundred restaurants. Um, it was really, really good. Uh, they even had Steve Carell before anyone knew who Steve Carell was do a commercial for him. Um, and it was owned by uh, one of the Portillo brothers. So it, anyone around here that knows Portillo's, um, it was the brother of the guy that did the Portillo's hot dog stand, Frank Portillo. He owned the overall concept and then they had franchises. Yeah, and Portillo's has gone way beyond Chicago now. So even in, in Phoenix and other cities, there's Portillo's hot dogs, Portillo's uh, restaurants now. So same, same, same Portillo's, everybody. Yep. Um, so they know how to do restaurants. Absolutely. And, and, and there was just a Brown's chicken everywhere. Um, <clears throat> so on January 8th, 1993, seven people were murdered in a Brown's chicken and pasta in Palatine, Illinois. Yep. Um, Palatine is a nice suburb, um, totally shook a lot of, a, a lot of the area. Um, and I, I think a lot of people outside the area knew about it too. And I think it's really important. And, and this is one of the things I think gets missed in a lot of stories. You have to bring yourself back to the time that this happened to put yourself in the proper context. It's 1993. Any of the technology you think about today really was not there. Um, a lot of the terrible events that are just part of what you know hadn't happened yet. Way before 9-11, way before um, there was mass shooting every day, any kind of... Um, yeah, parents actually let their kids, you know, out of the house. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like alone. Right. You know, it, it be, be home when the streetlights come on. Right. You know, it, 1993 a long time ago um and it took until 2002 for this murder to get solved so um with that context being said people were just a lot more trusting police departments were a lot more trusting um because big stuff like this really didn't happen especially in the suburbs. And, you know, um, as, as those, right, and as those other, you know, podcast true crimes and, and stuff, as they always talk about, you know, um, back then, when you heard about it in the news, it was big news, you know? I mean, it's because oh, someone yeah. actually did something, you know, like they killed, you know, the the, the, the Golden State, um, you know, killer, right? I mean, he... He took he took a lot of lives and a lot of people you know suffered because of that. You you didn't make it onto the news unless it was a big deal, right, right. So, uh, so here's the setup. It's cold January day, in Chicago suburbs. 
1993. This restaurant is owned by uh, a husband and wife, uh, Richard and Lynn Ellenfeld. So it's a franchise restaurant. It's a franchise restaurant. Here's the interesting thing. Normally, they had their daughters at the store with them, too. This night, for some reason, they didn't. Okay. Um, there were five employees. Two of them were high school students. So um, the way this kind of plays out is it's uh, normally the restaurant closes at nine. Um, and, you know, there's some cleanup, but just like most restaurants, they try to do the cleanup as their last customers are there. Um, and, um, one of, one of the, uh, employees parents calls up, calls the cops and says, Hey, you know, um, my kid isn't home. It's way past closing time. And one of the, uh, a wife of one of the other employees says, Hey, my husband isn't home. So they send a police cruiser by. So they're, they're starting to get notified multiple times. Yes. Um, but again, it's in the suburbs. No one's really thinking much of it. Right. Right. So poli police cruiser, um, uh, goes to the restaurant, sees, sees a couple cars there, but it's closed. And nothing seems out of place. So they call the family and say, don't worry about it. Probably not a, not a big deal. Uh, one of the family members drives by, again, sees their family member's car in the parking lot, looks in the window, doesn't see anything. So then they call the cops again. This time the cops go and um, the back door is open back employee doors open and they walk in and they see a horrible scene. Um, seven dead bodies. Uh, I believe five were in the freezer. Um, interestingly, things were pretty cleaned up, but there's some evidence and I'm, uh, I'll get to that a little bit later because it, it comes important. It, it was, it was a terrible scene. Um, the victims were either shot or stabbed. Um, there was money missing. I think like $1,800 was missing. But it appeared pretty early on that robbery wasn't really the main motive because some of the victims still had their wallets and money in their wallet. So... Um, as soon as this hits the airwaves, everyone starts freaking out. Um, because like I said, this, this really shook the entire community. Um, what, you know, what's going on behind the scenes is they're trying to figure out who's doing, who, who could have done this. Um, <clears throat> they're, uh, they're, they bring in their investigators and, you know, they're asking for tips, but in short order, they really don't know. And so as part of the setup, we should probably talk about our angle on this, right? Yeah. 
Okay. I'm going to let you do that. <laughs> so, um, so our angle on it is again, going back to the time, um, things that we take for granted today, uh, surveillance systems, um, different CSI technology, um, DNA, you know, yeah. DNA, most of this stuff isn't there. Security cameras, there were no security cameras because back then security cameras were really, really expensive. And isn't, if you did have them, they were crap. Isn't it, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Like today people have like five or six ring cameras on their house. Right. And, and you, you know, and you, you, you jump on the ring community. I mean, and that's just one of many, I'm, you know, I'm not pitching ring, but I'm just saying, you know, they seem to be the bigger one. And you know, you have a whole community of, you know, two or 300 people in, in one subdivision who are sharing, you know, quite honestly, pictures of everyone from someone stealing, you know, an Amazon box off their front deck to, you know, the cat, you know, uh, someone's cat getting into the, some garbage and, you know, as harmless as that. Right. So yeah, it's everywhere. And it's ubiquitous now and you yeah. just expect it and you have a camera on your phone and, you know, and everyone has a cell phone. So you'd be able to triangulate who was there and, <laughs> you know, and so, um, so they, and even the the techniques in, in law enforcement, most law enforcement was not connected back then. So the thought of having computers and all that other stuff that, you know, we can look this up, we can look that up. Uh, here's an important fact. There was no DNA database at the time. DNA was brand new at this point. And really in its infancy. And if you had the DNA, you didn't really know what to do with it. So, And that's important. That's important as we move on with this story. Yeah, but just sending an email from one police department to another or, you know. What, yeah. Bulletins. There was no email. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, FBI bulletins, Interpol updates. I mean, none of that existed. And, you know, we're a pretty tech-heavy show. So that's 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 kind of our angle here is, Wow. You know, that was then, this is now, and, you know, uh, it, it's taken some time, and I don't want to get too far ahead. Yeah. So, um, they start doing the investigation. Um, and, and like I said, Palatine's reaching out, and they're holding some facts back, um, and they're, they're trying to figure out what, what could have happened. So, they ask um, a a world-renowned new Sherlock Holmes type guy, um, Dr. Henry Lynn, to come help them out. Because this was a big one. They were getting a lot of heat to try to find something. Uh, I, this guy worked on a bunch of different cases, you know, real high-profile cases. That's why they want him. He said he couldn't come out. Now, according to one source, um, someone in the investigation called Dr. Lee's mom <laughs> and Dr. Lee was able to come out for like a couple days. Um, there wasn't a lot of evidence. And like I said, back then they didn't have really the tools to process a lot of evidence, right? They, they could dust for fingerprints or stuff like that. But if you weren't in, if you, if they didn't go through the cards and see your fingerprints, cause none of that stuff was automated. Right, uh, and it, would, it wouldn't pop up. 
Yeah, and even if they did have the technology, they couldn't disseminate it very, very well. Right. So Dr. Lin is going through and he goes and, and he's looking through and he's saying, there's not a lot to work with here. And then they bring up that one of the pieces of evidence was there was one bag of trash and it didn't have very much in it. And that bag of trash had basically a, a meal, like three pieces of chicken or whatever. Yeah, what you would um, expect at a chicken place. Yeah, and it, it had one more. The interesting thing is it had one more piece of chicken than you'd normally get in a meal. Um, and they could take a look at the register, and that was that kind of matched the last meal that was rung up. And so uh, Palatine Police Department, and there are different accounts of who did what, but Dr. Lin, who had... Uh, a little bit of success with DNA and knew about DNA had recommended you need to keep those pieces of chicken because at some point we might be able to get it, do something with DNA. And that's, that's pretty, you know, that's, that's pretty cutting edge thinking on, you know, at the scene of, you know, a horrific event like that. And, you know, I mean, Chicken's chicken, right? You're not thinking it through. But, yeah, absolutely. You know, these guys are thinking it through completely because, you know, do you think at the at that time, George, and you've done a little bit more research on this than I have, mm -hmm. do you think that it's more or less like, well, we have nothing, so now we need to literally dig and and really just capture everything as a moment in time? Yes. And I think it helped having this guy come in and just have a little different perspective. And so here's what I can equate it to. So let's say today there's a crime scene mm -hmm. and you don't really see anything there, but what you're going to do is you're going to get the best camera of the day and you are going to film and document everything. with the hope that at some point those images are going to turn something up that maybe you can't see today. Sure. Okay. Maybe there's going to be a new technology that you're going to be able to see something that, you know, isn't available to naked eye. And, and it's pretty much the same thing here. Um, nothing was available to the naked eye. So again, let's go back in time here. DNA was, was super super expensive took a super super long time at this point and since there was no dna database what you had to do was find the exact match and take the dna sample and take the dna sample from the person and see if they matched think about that yeah i it, it's a and so that's why it wasn't really seen as valuable what they did is they threw it in a freezer yeah they, they literally took this chicken and the fries and whatever, and and the chicken was eaten. That's important, too, because there's DNA, you know, when you eat something from right. saliva. Right. So they froze it. But during this time, and, and I went back and looked at, at some of these newspaper articles when they finally did solve it, they didn't know 
if you froze DNA material, whether it disappeared or not. It, it, it would just whether or not it would destroy the sample is what you're saying. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. They didn't know. So they they're like, we've got this chicken, and we have no idea what it's gonna 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 bring, right? This, um, is, this is a crapshoot. Absolutely. Now, um, and here's the part that a lot of true crime podcasts miss. Seven people got killed. Lives were just completely destroyed by this. Right. We had fathers. We had kids. We had parents. Brutally murdered. And there's not. There's not really a motive. It's like these families today are still, it's changed the trajectory of their lives forever, right? Um, turns out the daughter of the owners, um, one of the daughters was actually elected to the Wisconsin State Senate. So by her not being there, led her to that, you know, but that's not something you you bounce back from you survive it but you don't bounce back from it now what about ballistics weapons that kind of stuff so they did um it was a 38 but again the you had to have the exact gun yeah yep so if you don't know who it is and you don't find the gun back then again there's no ballistics database yep and you could just go and drop that you know you can throw that gun in in the middle of lake michigan or, yeah. or whatever and it, no one will find it yeah yeah that, that, man law enforcement was really really hard then you know one of the other things that i think about with stuff like this is the the first responders the the people processing the crime scene the cops the firemen um anyone that's seen anything that they shouldn't uh or been part of a traumatic situation this changes you there's ptsd there there's um when people go to war or when people see things bodies in a certain condition or whatever it changes them and, and I think we forget that. I think yep. we forget, um, you know, firemen that have to go to car accidents and uh, police officers that see um, that see victims. And we we need to make sure that we take care of them, take care of these people better because, uh, boy, that's they're just exposed to stuff that messes you up. Yeah, for sure. And I gotta tell you, um, <laughs> I've recently got a, I've recently gotten a crash course in in what some of those people go through. Now, I'm not gonna talk about it in this show, but um, you know, um, uh, just seeing one evening of what you know a SWAT team or you know a um, a tactical team can go through. Um, that that's enough for my entire lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's important to note too that you said it was between eighteen and nineteen hundred dollars uh that was taken from the cash register. 
you know, if we if we equate that to today's money, it's still only what thirty two hundred dollars, thirty thirty four hundred dollars. Yeah, so, and, and and it's almost like they took it just to make it look like a robbery. Right. Right. That, and that's but, my but point. It, yeah. It's but like, if you're if you're going to spend all that time to move the bodies, and I guess they cleaned up a little bit, and all that stuff, you're not you're going to get all the money you can. You're not going to leave money there. You know. So, um, so there, so there's a lot of frustration and like I said, shook the community, right? So nine years goes by and kind of turned into a cold case. Um, then one day police get a tip, a lady named Ann Lockett came forward and said her former boyfriend, James Degorski, and his friend, Juan Luna, committed the crime. She said she knew this, but was too scared to tell. And I don't know if they broke up or whatever, but somebody murdered seven people. I, I'd, I'd be scared, too. Sure. Now here's the now here's the interesting thing. The reason they believed her is because she had a fact that had not been publicized. And the fact was that one of the victims had thrown up before they were murdered. Huh. Okay. And they, they knew that. They could see that. So they kind of kept some things back to validate absolutely. whether or not that makes sense. Absolutely. So she came out back and, and said this. So the cops went and, um, and arrested these two. And they went back and took the chicken out of the freezer. And again, having no idea whether the DNA sample would still be good, matched it. So this is 2002. 2002, nine years later. And it was because they kept that partially eaten piece of chicken. Mm. And when were they found guilty? Was it? Uh, um... 2007. Oh, wow. So we're talking, yeah. I mean, we're coming up on the well, 30th. Well, 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 one was 2007 and then the other one was 2009. So we're, and we're coming up on the 30th anniversary of this. Um, because this was January 8th, 1993. Yeah, that's 29 years ago. So, yeah, yeah that's that's DNA for you. And uh, DNA doesn't lie. No, and they both got life sentences. Uh, interesting tidbit here. One of the guys, Degorski, won a $451,000 settlement um, because the Cook County Sheriff's beat the crap out of him in jail. And um, I believe that money was given, mostly given to the, to the victims. But um, now here's, you know, after this, like I said, Brown's Chicken had um, 100 franchises, 100 stores. 
this pretty much wiped them out. Anytime anyone thought of Brown's Chicken, they immediately thought of the massacre. Sales plummeted right after the massacre. Um, I think there's only like three or four stores left. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and the product was good. It, was, it had nothing to do with the product, but people just immediately equated it with the massacre. Interesting. And, yeah. you know, sometimes that happens, right? I mean... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna go and you're going to um, just associate that location. In fact, I know for a little while that location, because I lived in Chicago at the time, that that location turned into like I think a dry cleaners for a little while, um, and then and then they kind of um, leveled the building um, right around two thousand two thousand one. Yeah, and and now it was it was vacant for a while, and I think it's a bank or something now. Um, but again, going back to the time, the reason that, you know, maybe it had people thought of that is this hadn't happened before. You know, today, unfortunately, shootings are pretty common. Right. But back then it was it was earth shattering. And, and um, you know, it. Uh, I think some of the lessons learned here are if you're patient enough and you try to be as diligent as you can, um, sometimes the technology comes to you. And the reality is had they found these guys before 2002, um, they don't know whether, because DNA again was just, was being perfected. They said some tests, some DNA tests, had been developed in like the year 2000 that really made things stick. So even if they had been caught earlier, I don't know that the DNA test could have conclusively proved it after 2000, you could, you know, it did. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. But seven people, including two high schoolers and, and, oh, oh, and here's, here's the worst part of all. The motive. Why did this happen? It's because they wanted to know what it was like to kill someone. And Juan Luna had been an employee at this Brown's Chicken before. Got gotcha. you. So he kind of knew the lay of the land. It, it, and, it he, was... and he knew and he knew the schedule. Right. He knew when they would be closing up, when they'd be most vulnerable, you know, the back door would be open, whatever. Uh, and they went in, they bought chicken and were probably friendly with them. And then after they got in there, they had a gun and, and corralled everyone up, knowing that the store, no one would be there because it's closing time. Yeah. And I think there were two other things that he knew too that, uh, you know, if they wanted access to uh, the cash, he knew the location of the safe, right? Yeah, yeah. And also, and I think this is a big key, and it goes back to our technology conversation and, you know, just where we're at today versus then, there were no panic alarms. And he knew no. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it was senseless. I just, just wanted wanted to know what it was like 
And you're right. Um, I, I'm, I just did some fact checking. Uh, ultimately led to the closure of nearly 280 franchise locations. Oh, 280. Wow. 280. Yeah. So that's crazy, right? That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, not only do you have the senseless deaths of these these poor people who are there, but you know, just life changing situations for countless communities in the Midwest because they're losing, you know, revenue, stores, jobs. Yeah. I mean, um, wow. And, you know, and our angle obviously is usually the technology of it, but look at the economic impact. Look at the, the first off, you have to look at the impact to life. I mean, that's, oh, yeah, that's the biggest. And, you know, we're not, we don't look over that kind of stuff, but going back through it, um, it's it's just not isolated to one store. No, oh, certainly not. And the this is kind. This is one of those before after stories. There's life before the Browns Chicken Massacre, and then there was life afterwards. You yeah. trusted less. This is and, and, and as you know, I don't know what age people are listening to this. But as you get older, there are those events that chip away. All of a sudden, you're more cynical. You're less trusting. You're, you know, you you lose just that little bit of faith in humanity, um, especially when it's senseless, you know. Right. And 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 this was because I lived through it. This really was one of those before after moments. I think. Yeah, and uh, you know, um, it's always a good reminder that uh, you know technology um, is ever evolving. It's ever, it's always changing, and there's there's always going to be, you know, this evolution, this next step. Like you said, I could take a picture of a crime scene with, uh, and for those of you who don't know, there are four K, even eight K cameras these days. You know, maybe it does nothing for us today. You know, I'm furthering your example, George. But, you know, maybe tomorrow there'll be some forensic software or deep analytics technologies that would say, you know, hey, I'm going to bring something that can't be seen with the naked eye to the surface. Yeah. And and, kind of leading into one of our next shows, if not the next show, um that's where an AI can, an artificial intelligence um, algorithm or machine or whatever, could see stuff that people can't. Oh, for sure. And AI, like humans, artificial intelligence, it learns from its previous experiences. So if it's seen a similar situation or an occurrence before, that will be a red flag to its logic and you know it's 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 more apt to pick that up quicker um dna is a little bit of a different story though you know if there's no although i'm sure that there's some ai built into dna dna is pretty black and white it either is a match or it isn't a match there's no there's no jiggering of that right but um where ai where i would say where ai comes in is family trees, uh, associations, finding those leads, building, you know, 
um, uh, connections where there weren't connections before. That's where the AI can come into DNA. Yeah, or, you know, perhaps AI could take a look at DNA of people that have committed X crime. Right. And maybe it can find a pattern. Nine years, though. Wow. Maybe be predictive. You know, yeah, yeah. no, man. I, and, and, you know, one of the things, Tim, you and I, you know, we're, we both work in data. Mm-hmm. And, and the one thing I always espouse whenever doing like a new project, um, I will always ask for more detail. And a lot, and I, I've been questioned on it. It's like, we don't need that data right now. And I said, you don't need that data right now. But you may need it you later. Never know. <laughs> you never know where that piece of data is going to be the differentiator. That's right. Yep. Absolutely. And that's what they did with the chicken bones. Yep. Right. Yeah, we kind of know, but honestly, it wasn't very helpful to them in 1993. It just, yes, it really wasn't that helpful to them then. Yeah, and you know, hands hands off to law enforcement and just the perseverance of. You know, I mean, for a lot of these guys, it's personal, you know, and it, as Absolutely. it should be, as it should be, um, you know, you're, you're, this is happening usually in my jurisdiction, usually in my town. That's the mindset, right? And, yeah, you know, this is, this could have been my kid. In some cases, this might have been a familiar, right? Um, this might yeah. have been, you know, hey, I, this is. XYZ's kid that I knew and you know now this is personal for me so a lot of times you do get that and you know these these cases go 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 cold right and you know um, it's the perseverance of you know law enforcement that keeps them alive I'm glad that technology could put an end to um, not only the family suffering but also Mm -hmm. you know um, just the want the need the human desire to, to 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 solve this case yeah it's there's something about closure and you know and you can talk about yeah they got life sentences and they're still alive and don't even get me started but <laughs> um oh oh god you know i don't know well now we just have to have a uh, everybody uh, everybody has their opinions on yeah it. And, right. and and you know what I can understand um, for studying and, you know, see why and this, that, and the other thing, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's, that's a hard conversation to have, um, you know, um, but they, they ultimately did kill seven you know, people, seven people. So, you know, um, you know, a lot of people would say, well, that's an easy decision for me. I would, you know, I would like to to build, uh, and this is where technology kind of runs away, right? I'd like to build something, maybe technology based, that would make them relive that crime for the rest of their every day for the rest yeah. of their lives. Well, that's yeah. that's a slippery slope, you know. And at, at first glance, that might make sense. Oh, you know, that sounds like something that may may, may make a lot of sense. But when you start really getting into the, um, you know the nitty-gritty the the details of it you know um you know not only is that uh a really bad idea in my opinion but it could also be 
as we're seeing with other technologies, weaponized to be used as yeah, for, for a lot, yeah, for a lot worse things, right? Yeah, which we talked about on our last. We did, or two shows ago. <laughs> they're all getting, they're all starting to blend. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the Browns Chicken Massacre. Um, horrible crime. Um, but some incredible perseverance. Uh, and and um, honestly, incredible foresight um uh, uh, of keeping stuff that you didn't know you needed till later on so uh you know prayers out for for the families uh, yeah for sure so all right uh so next time uh i think we're going to be heading more toward back to the technology world a little bit um Ooh, safe harbor <laughs> yeah yeah. So, uh, we also, you know what, we gotta, we gotta get our, a way for people to contact us. We, we do. And we're working on that actually. Yeah, we so are. we will, we, are. we will not only have some social media established in the next couple of weeks. Um, we're going to be working, uh, emails. Um, yep. so send all the bad emails to George, send all the good That's stuff right. to me. That's right. And, and I don't want any body part pictures. Right. If you do send body part pictures, make sure they're still attached. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for clarifying that, Tim. Wow. Sorry. (coughs) Okay, then. Right. (laughs) Um, No, we we will have we will have social media um, established soon, so that will be good. Look out for that, and we'll in the next coming shows we'll let you guys know about that. And uh, just uh, just. You know, a, a, a word of, uh, I, I guess, a little inside baseball here. Uh, Tim was going to buy Twitter for us. But yeah. then one, one, once Musk got the piece, Elon. Once, he, once he's on the board, Tim's like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know? Elon so beat we'll, me to it. Yeah. Yeah. That was a surprise. It was a surprise. Um, so, but a good surprise, actually. You know, that's another important thing that, Man, we completely left out of this conversation. There was no social media at the time of oh, these murders, God. too. Yeah. And, I mean, hindsight, right? But, I mean, here we are. We're talking about social media. Can you imagine if there was social media when this happened? Do you think it would have been solved quicker? I don't know. Oh, absolutely. Because these guys, right, right afterwards, these guys got stoned, apparently, and it told a couple people. But everyone was scared to death. Hell, of they saying probably, anything. They probably would have put it on Facebook for themselves. The cops would have nailed them in, you, you, you in know two what? hours. You know what? You're not wrong. Uh, it happens a lot. You know, uh, social media is trash for a lot of things, but it can be useful for others. See, that's that hate mail I'm talking about. When people complain about you not liking social media, Why? I wanted to go to your inbox, not mine. Well, that's fine. <laughs> Anybody that gets. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Jeez. Yeah, that's fair. Bring it on. <laughs> Be careful what you ask for. No, but you know, in in you know, we it's an interesting perspective that you know, I I didn't think about when we were talking about it. But yeah, I mean, if if these guys would have had social media, you know, or if someone said, "Hey, you know what? Um, 
you know, someone was supposed to be home and it was 20 minutes later and then you get seven or eight people who are, you know, 10 people, family members, you know, um, that's, that, that starts to snowball pretty quickly. Yeah. Or, or someone, you know, could have been like, Hey, you know what? I, I was, I, I, I was by that store at 11 o'clock and I saw a green Chevy driving out. Didn't think anything of it at the time, you know, mm-hmm, something like mm-hmm. that. Yep. Absolutely. And, you know, um, now it's just, you know, circling back around to, you know, today, how many cameras, because I believe this store was kind of in a storefront in a strip mall, you know, what, what other cameras would have been around? What, how could they have brought that together? If it well, it's were, on a super busy street. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so, so at that point, um, you know, any kind of bank and probably any of the other stores, the mall probably would have had, you know, um, I think it was probably an outbuilding like they normally were in a mall, right. but even a traffic camera. Absolutely. There's, there's a lot of technology and it's amazing. Um, just back then versus today. I mean, even five years ago, right. Just so much more technology and, you know, and it's amazing to me, um, what people get away with, um, and, you know, not necessarily that they get away with it, but that they still do it knowing that they're just going to get caught, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, uh, that could be like a whole series of shows of surveillance, the creepiness of it and the benefit of it, you know? Yeah. And I tend to look when we talk about these specific things, you know, I, I tend to take the side of law enforcement a little, um, you know, just because those guys are putting their lives at risk. You know, if if someone goes and, you know, this is a example, but if someone goes and, you know, God forbid, shoot somebody. Right. And, you know, that person is, you know, held up in a place yet they could see somebody who may have been a victim, you know, trying to get to that person is paramount, but there is technology that will, you know, thermal cameras on helicopters, for example, if you see a body, body's temperature drop a certain amount, you know, odds are God forbid, but odds are, you know, that person's probably expired. And yeah. So while everyone is, everyone's heart is in the right place, saving other people's lives, um, getting that other person who caused the crime out, making sure they don't harm themselves so they could, so people could get to the bottom of what's going on. That's, that's an important step too. Um, Oh uh, yeah. 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 And it it just has like everything else has to be balanced so that it doesn't get weaponized. Right. right. But the tools today, I think the point is the tools today are just so different than what the tools were, you know, 30 years ago. Oh yeah. I mean, think about it. You can get, pretty cheap drone with a camera do some pretty amazing stuff for you right now and and i mean like even uh, correct me if i'm wrong but i think ring just came out with a home drone uh where i don't know if you've heard about this george totally relevant to the conversation so i'm gonna bring it up because i'm gonna geek out for a second um i think they announced it this year or maybe late last year but yeah if there's movement in the house there's a drone that will launch inside your home and it will no go, way. Yep. And it will go and f- 
find uh, or, or look into what caused the noise. It will work with the other cameras and motion sensors uh, and, 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 you know, capture whatever's going on. If I had a cat, I would so get one of those. You know, you are just standing in line. <laughs> <clears throat> and, and since we're mentioning Ring, we are looking for sponsors. Absolutely. So come and sponsor us. It's, yeah. It's a Ring Always Home Cam. It's an indoor flying um, drone, multiple perspective. Ooh, it ain't cheap. Um, it's on Amazon for two fifty. Again, we don't have anything to do with uh, Ring, nor do we get any endorsements or anything. But I just but thought it... but but we would be willing to test them there and get... give a review on them. Oh yeah, absolutely. We could spun off another podcast. I like that idea. There you go. Um, so if if you're a Ring alarm contact uh, contact sense sensors or motion detection detections are triggered, um, the the drone will go active. So. There you go. And, you know, I mean, that's just, you know, a difference, right? Where if someone enters the home and they shouldn't, drone technology can now be used. Police, law enforcement, of course they're going to use drones. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, a good old canine is going to go in and grab that that assailant and, and drag him out. But the technology yeah. is there. And, you know, it wasn't there 30 years ago. And, and I think that's just... That's part of what we're highlighting is it's amazing that these guys were able to to nail these two to and obviously oh, this is gosh, yeah. this is with the you know a pretty brave individual she she stepped up and you know did her her did her part for her community. Oh man, how about that? Yeah. yeah. But okay, you know, so so that little drone? Mhm. So you know some you know guys are going to like try to try to hack it and modify it right um and if it's big enough wouldn't it be cool if it shot like uh pepper spray balls <laughs> talking about you know weapon, I mean? here's george already weaponizing something that's just meant for surveillance wow. and you know if you know if the cat gets 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 peppered hey well you know stop moving around at night Again, for our cat lovers out there, the <laughs> negative emails need to go to George. I will get that set up, and we'll make sure Meow. that we differentiate <laughs> the difference. And on that note, I think uh, we're done with this shorter than normal show. Yes, yes, we are. Um, so thanks for everybody that's been listening. Uh we hope you find this stuff interesting. And uh, once we get our social media up, uh, let us know what shows you like, which ones you don't. Um, I, I Some people like the shorter ones. Some like the longer ones. Also, let us know that stuff, too. Yeah, let us know if you want us to take the two-hour shows and break them in half so you have part one and part two. We yeah. can go and you know cliffhang you guys. And Although I'm not a big, big fan of cliffhangers, but... Uh, no. You know, but... I mean, yeah, I'm not even going to go into that. I'm going to really nerd out if I if I give an example that really irritated me. So we won't we won't talk about we won't talk about some Star Trek episodes that really annoy me. They no, but oh 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 oh, can I, can uh, if I can throw something out there? Yeah. So, uh, so I recently had a birthday, and, and this is so cool. Um, so my wife and I are are watching the latest Star Trek. This is a great we're, story. I love this we're, story. We're Star Trek fans. 
and uh, we're watching. Yeah, so we're watching. And at one point, Kirk is on the bridge, and he's got this cup, like a coffee mug, um, and it's got like an abstract logo of of Star Trek. You it know, is like, the Starfleet logo. Yeah, the Starfleet logo, which is like this the little communicator thing on their chest or whatever. You it's know, a, it's a star, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but it's an abstract version of it. I'm like, oh my god, that is the coolest mug. I said. I've never seen him have a mug before, you know, and um, I didn't think anything of it. So my birthday was like two or three days later. And my wife got me that mug for my birthday. And it is so, first of all, what an amazing wife to pick up on something that would be such a cool, that I, I would truly enjoy. Absolutely. And, and second of all, Yay for her for finding it. Yeah, I mean, again, thank you, internet. And yeah, man, am I jealous? I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go <laughs> get myself a mug. I think after this show, I think you should. Yep. And you, you we, you know, um, if we ever go video, <clears throat> maybe that's what we're, we're gonna wear. Maybe we'll wear like Starfleet shirts. Yeah, I'm pretty much thinking that uh, you know uh, Paramount Pictures uh, and. CBS, especially CBS, is going to pretty much put a no to that. But, you know. Well, we can wear the shirts. We're not uh, saying we're in it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, that could be in a completely different show. Uh, and that's uh, just CBS and Paramount and, you know, how they protect their properties. <laughs> yeah, right. But, no, I, I loved the, the coffee mug. I thought it was an yeah. awesome gift. And, man, what, what a... I mean, she really nailed that one. Yeah. And uh, how cool she totally embraces me being a nerd. Yeah, I'm still working on Kian on that one. She's, she's fighting me a little on that one. She likes the it's, nerd. It's, it, but it, it, At know. some point, they give up, really. <laughs> yeah, right. I just have to work them down a little. So yeah, I'll, I'll work yeah, it yeah. yeah. All right. All right. All right, everybody. Well, thank you. Thank you.